listening to You Should Read This, a comic book and graphic novel review and discussion podcast. My name is Ryan. And I'm Alan, the not dying one. Uh, I'm totally fine. <laughs> Just yeah, my voice you don't is sound like it. I, yeah, there's like some voice there. My soul is here. My heart. Well, I don't know. To be, to be fair, we gave you the chance to back out, and you're, you're choosing to soldier on for the basically you know, the good five people that listen to this podcast. I'm just rubbing sandpaper in everybody's ears. But hey, let's also talk about the other person who's sitting in this room because it's what? It's rude There's to talk another about. person here. Talk about them while they're sitting here. We've got a special guest today, listeners. To, I guess fill in for Ryan at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Another tub, uh, Ian, another tubby hey, white dude. Well, yeah, I'm here to help out hey. with that. Hey, everybody. Uh, I'm Ian. Uh, nice to meet you. <laughs> re for for some people, re meet. I guess. Yeah. Like a- if you are a listener, I used to do another comic book podcast with these two fellows um, a while ago. Uh, but uh, I've I've yet to 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 be on your show. So thank you for having me. It's been a while since I've podcasted. Well, obviously, we had to bring you back for uh, the book that we're talking about uh, this time, which is, man, we're going through technically two books. It's House of X and Powers of Guys, X, the new 12, X-Men it's run. 12 issues of comics that we're going to be talking about. Welcome to the show, Ian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, this is what we so do. So do we just go through every one, one by one? or? or... <laughs> well, no, no. So, so we'll, we'll do, do we have a dedicated section so, for all the charts So, yeah, and we're reading... <laughs> oh yeah, and all the the circles and squares and hexagons all get their oh, own man. special section. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna talk about how Kirk Cohen sounds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. Um, real quick, let's do because uh, we did this with Adam, sure. so I, I kind of like it. Um, Ian, yeah. give us your uh, uh, comics uh, background in like thirty seconds or less. Uh, well, I host I, I co-hosted a, a comic book podcast for uh, what three four years with these with these two guys four years. Uh, with uh, called Four Color Commentary. If you want to go back and listen to some old, old episodes, they're still online and available, um, along with another friend of ours. But yeah, I, I've been I've been into comics, uh, mostly superhero stuff, since I was a kid. Uh, and uh, these two clowns opened me up to uh, more comics. Ryan being more indie stuff, and Alan with with the manga. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, I, I've been a I've been a comic book reader since I was a kid in some way, various way, shape, or form. Uh, and I jump in and out every so often, but. I'm a, I'm a I'm a big fan of the art form and the medium, uh, not just not just Marvel and DC, everything. But uh, we just happen to be talking about a Marvel book. <laughs> you're you're elitist, is what <laughs> no, you're no, 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 no. I, I, I like uh, look. I watched the new Watchmen show. I know what comics are, guys. They're dark and gritty, and they can be nothing else. That's right. No. Um, <laughs> oh, man. Oh, boy. I, no. One of the other podcasts I listened to was talking about that show, and I'm just like, this isn't making me want to watch it anymore. I was intrigued by it, and I liked it so far, but I'm I'm interested to see where it goes. But Alan, I'm an easy customer. I've been watching Titans on the on DC. <laughs> Are you still watching that? I just put it on. Is that still on? I just put it on in the background. Doom Patrol was great. <laughs> D- Titans, okay. uh, not so. Titans is fine. It's perfectly cromulent. There's a Beast Boy in there. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> there's a Beast yeah, Boy. Yeah, he's there, and there's a Jason is it, is Todd. Voiced and- by. Is Beast Boy vo- voiced by uh, what's his name? Who does Beast Boy on? No, Teen Titans? he's he's oh, some some teen. That's it's, it's the only voice I will accept. I like how they call it Teen Titans, but or like they call it Titans, but there's like there's only like two teens on the team. Everybody else is like full grown twenty somethings. Like Robin's just still angsty. 
I guess that makes sense. You just like put on that night nightwing armored guy and he hasn't done it yet. Anyway, we're we're divulging. Let's talk about something good that comes from Marvel or DC that I actually enjoy instead of just tolerate. Oh, <laughs> uh do you have something good? Because I read X-Men. Oh, I don't know about oh, you. Guys. Well, Alan. <laughs> once again, a book uh, a book too smart for Alan. Uh <laughs> oh. oh wow. Yeah. Okay. Hey man, you shot That's absolutely I true. was okay. I should probably give an intro to why I'm here. I started reading this book because Ryan's like, hey, you should really read these new X-Men books. I'm like, ah, I'll get around to it. And I read the first one. I was like, wow, this is weird. That's right. I say I say the name of our podcast in real life to people. Yes. Just all the time. You should read this. And then I was like, oh, you know what? I've been away from comics for a little while. I took a break from reading them just because I was reading them all the time. And I took a little break from reading them. And then I just got in on this X-Men run. And I was like, this is really bizarre. What's going on here? Why are there why are there naked baby naked man baby mutants crawling towards Professor Xavier? What's going on here? Why is he wearing that bucket? Why is it finally becoming a race war? Like it's actually happening. They're like just cool with it. Like now it's okay. Why are him and Magneto? Yeah, buddies? why are him and Magneto buddies? What 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 else can I know about uh, Moira McTaggart that I didn't know? By the way, shout out to Jay and Miles explain the X Men because oh without that podcast, I would have no idea who that is. I would ab- I honestly that kind of knowledge, and I stopped listening to that podcast when they t- when they were in a hiatus, and I just never went back and I picked need to it pick up. It back um, up. And uh, yeah, same. But that being said, all the stuff I've listened to came into play so heavily yeah, here. I was like, oh, okay. I know oh, exactly what they're talking about. I know who this person is now. Um, uh, okay. Let's let's talk about, uh, speaking of weird stuff coming up, we should talk about the person who wrote it yes. being um, Jonathan. And well, Hickman. yeah. So let's, uh, let me get a little, a little background in this, what's going on here. So they announced this book uh, like really early this year. Um, it was a big deal at Comic-Con when they talked about it. Uh, but essentially they gave Jonathan Hickman, who's the guy who did, uh, just a zillion different things. East of West is a book we've read on this show that he's written. Um, and, uh, but he's, he's done a ton of stuff in the Marvel universe. Uh, he he did an Avengers run. Yeah, he really likes to re-architect things or to sort of rebuild things from scratch with hundreds and thousands of years of history. <laughs> uh, and so they're basically like, hey, Hickman, uh, what if you did X-Men? And he's like, oh, well, I'd want to cancel every current book and completely relaunch the whole thing with my own backstory and just literally take the last 40 years of continuity and and just wrap that up into something new. And Marvel was like, yeah, right. <laughs> it's like, we're not really doing anything else with X-Men right now. We can go ahead and just reboot the whole thing. I mean, I mean, yeah. I mean, let's let's be honest. From Marvel's perspective, it's a good time to reboot X-Men. They just bought, uh, Disney just bought Fox. So they're like, great, we're going to relaunch these X-Men movies. X-Men is notoriously one of the hardest series to like get into like i know so many people who are like i'm new to comics which i i love x-men i'm like oh boy uh, <laughs> but now i can finally say hey do you want to like read advanced comics do you think you're ready for this and they're like it's a marvel comic i'm like read it there's so many graphs and charts and paragraphs um and that's what jonathan hickman does though because uh like ryan said we read east of west and like between uh the avengers run that he did a couple years ago east of west and this i'm convinced that jonathan hickman does not love comics he loves uh he loves dossiers and he loves uh formal tech writing because those he, are two things that he does um, 
Yeah, in infographics. Yeah, I would say I would say it's. I mean, there are comics I have read. There's this weird Ryan. I it's during Grant Morrison's Batman run, that one that's like practically just a novel in there, and it has these weird like computer generated images. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that one? It's like, what is this? This isn't a comic book. Um, it's cause it's just these like random, it's like pages, like a, like a regular book in a comic book shape with these weird, like poorly rendered, maybe PS2 cutscene looking Joker. <laughs> it's weird. I'm like, but it's like some art that somebody made for the book. I don't know. I was just like, this is bizarre. Um, but I, I mean, I can't say I'm surprised. <laughs> I feel like Jonathan Hickman read, uh, Watchmen as a kid <laughs> and was like, oh, this, this comic's good. But you know what I really like? Is that there's like five pages of back matter, yeah, with you know like dossiers and com, you know, magazine articles and and different things like that. It's like, what if, what if everything had that? <laughs> that's not that's not inaccurate. That being said, it does. He is sort of like, in my opinion, like the Marvel version of Jeff Johns, like taking um, uh, taking different IPs and then sort of digging through their backstories of 40 plus years of nonsense and then making actually somehow getting it all to fit together um sort of like retcon uh subway training it all together to at least at least to the point where like oh i can see how all of this continuity actually fits into a single timeline um and like hey yeah you know it, if as long as you suspend your disbelief of how long the normal human actually lives um then at the very least all of i can string all these events together i can make that happen yeah um, the book does jump i'm going to tell people this is not like this is a book that is going to jump around a lot so if you're like i love wolverine i'm like oh boy maybe go read that frank miller <laughs> series this is like this yeah. is this is crazy town this is nuts and one of the other kind of like from an industry standpoint, things that this book did that was a little different is they double shipped it. This, we got, we got two issues a month of these two books, meaning it was essentially weekly. And without all that backs, all that back matter, all those pages that are just graphs and infographics and uh, text, like it would have been unrealistic to have a comic book artist do that much work that much. Yeah. That fast. I mean, I I'll also, go no, ahead. I was gonna say, I read these books and I still don't know what's going on. <laughs> I'm still not quite All sure. Right, let's, uh, <laughs> let's let's do a let's do a um let's run over who did these books. So we talked about Hickman. Uh House of X is drawn um or the artist credited is Pepe Larraz uh with Marte Garcia as color artist, uh Clayton Kyles from VC as letterer and Tom Muller as the designer. Um it's a different artist on uh Powers of X, which is the sort of companion book in the series and and the the sequence of the books is a little wonky it it's it's not like one and then the other every single time sometimes it's like house of x powers of x house of x powers of x powers of x yeah house of x, really because i just read it i just read it house powers house powers house powers and it worked out fine <laughs> you for me. read it wrong you read it wrong i think oh. you probably read it i i put it in order hopefully you just read it in the order i gave you uh, uh no nope. like number one number two number three okay so that's you nope, definitely did not do that <laughs> but um, i still but figured on, it out it's fine i got it it's okay powers of x also written by jonathan hickman artist on that one is rb silva uh inkers are rb silva and adriano di benedetto uh marte garcia also color artist on powers of x which is how they're uh the color palettes of the two books are very very similar uh also vc's clayton cowell's letterer and tom muller is designer on that one Man, the whole like uh, both so of those let's, teams. Let's do so good. 
Yeah, yeah. I was impressed, oh, very impressed with the art as well. Like, yeah, and we'll get into the art in a little bit. I kind of wanted to do elevator pitches. For this. <laughs> yeah, let's do elevator pitches. How long is this elevator uh, ride? How many, how many floors is this building? <laughs> so, uh, Ian, we do elevator pitches, which is essentially like a good way to, um, because we're usually reading so much con- uh, so much content, a good way to just sort of break down the story and give uh, overall bullet points on what you think you can sort of describe the book yeah, out. I, I so, I, for example... You guys would have told me this earlier. I would have wrote, wrote it down. <laughs> no, you can't write it. Nope. Sorry, that's this why is on the spot. That's why we... Yeah, that's you not do fair. It. It's yeah. not... This is too difficult. Yep, this is how this works. Here, it's our show, Ian. It's not your show. I have 12 issues to summarize? <laughs> All right. Yep. So, uh, I'll go first. Pitch. I'll show you how... So, basically, it's going to be... Okay. Um, <laughs> I think that this book is about uh, the reinvention of the X-Men... So uh, Magneto and Professor Xavier finally join forces, and it's almost like a what-if book that shows you kind of how things play out across different centuries going forward. Uh, And the characters that are in the book are less, like, centricized, if that's a word. Like, we're not just following things like Wolverine and and, uh, Cyclops around. We're actually talking about the overall mutant community and uh, uh, and sort of its uh, rise and decline over honestly the next thousand years. That's what I would go with. Okay. <laughs> Ryan, do Ryan, I, do you want to do give him some more time? Sure, sure, I'll go. Um, I would say it's a uh, sort of a full reboot of X Men that does not erase or uh, even smudge the previous all of the previous continuity, like it takes it all into account. Um, and instead of just giving you like, here's the status quo, it's sort of like, here's the status quo. And then we're going to expend the next 11 issues explaining why, because there's some time-based shenanigans that are happening. So there's tons of history for us to be- unru- unroll. Yeah. Hmm. All right, I'll do yeah, my best. Yes, uh, I would say I would say yeah. It's a it's a loving way to to kind of wrap up everything that about the X Men that we know, but while also trying to solve all the same basic plot lines that we deal with in every X Men story to allow for new things to emerge. This really is kind of a resetting of the status quo. Uh, so we take away the idea of okay, well. They're now a sovereign nation at the end of this. They are, uh, we, we've, we've, there's multiple timelines in this book that makes, the, that gets rid of all the, shows you all the typical mistakes that happen in X-Men where they always lose. But what if we just learned from those mistakes and, mo- and went forward? So I think it, it, it resets, it lovingly tributes the old X-Men while resetting it to be able to have new plot lines emerge um, in the books going forward. So it really is kind of a reintroduction to X-Men um, while still, Loving everything that X Men's about and honoring that. Yeah, good. You did it. Congrats. Thank you. I'd clap, but that's bad for audio. Um, <laughs> so clap. I mean, that I feel like we all pretty much touched on on the same thing, which is just it's a reboot, and at the same time, it also it, it's maybe not a reboot, but a refresh. Like it takes all the old material and ties it into the new material to the point where there is a new status quo, but it doesn't forget anything that happened. In fact. It makes it, it kind it, of essential. Everything that happened, everything that happened still happened. Yes. And it's all important, too. Well, I mean, as far as, like, in the grand scheme of things. Because this, this book is so top-down. Like, this, I'm, I'm 
I'm so enthralled with the idea that it's a like it's an X Men comic that has nothing to do with X Men and everything that uh, everything that has to do with like the universe that surrounds the X Men, like an X Men mythos, if you will. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it really and it gives you that um, the ability or or it it like in rebooting it sort of resets everything. Mm-hmm. You know, like we get rid of all, like we get rid of all the baggage of what has happened in like the ultimate real time. Like Xavier's not super old now; mm-hmm. he's like standard old, and Logan's not hundreds of years old or whatever. He's not old like man it, Logan it, anymore. Yeah, it takes us back to you know not very far after the start of the X Men, as kind of we knew it growing up as kids, but all I guess all of the baggage of the things that have happened in continuity are still relevant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and they reset almost all the characters, all the, that's what I mean by like all the, not quite, I hate to say it, it's not tired plot lines, but the same old reused plot lines. Like by the end of this, Xavier and Magneto are cool with each other. Apocalypse is cool with everybody. Yeah. Mr. Sinister is yeah. cool with everybody. Sa- sort of. Sabretooth is locked away in something because they're like, we're not tolerating your, your murder shenanigans anymore. Like, everybody's kind of cool with everybody. So it's like, well, these are all the people we normally would fight. So it's like if there's a Batman comic where all the villains were like, hey, you know what? We're not going to cause harm anymore. Maybe we'll all just, you know, try to make Gotham a better place. It's like, well, where do we go from here? It gives us endless possibilities because we're not bogged down by that but we also have the ability to have magneto go nah charles i'm not with you no more at at some point in the future so it kind of gives us a level playing field which i like it invalidates or not invalidates but it kind of like it kind of like finally shuts off a lot of the standard we've done this a hundred times we're going to do it again because it's what everybody wants things like oh no apocalypse is back and he's gonna make everything terrible or like Oh no! Does Scott love Jean or Emma? Yeah. Does yeah? yeah. Does Scott, does Scott love, Logan? love Logan? How many he times can we kill he Wolverine could. and not bring him back? Well, guess what? How many <laughs> times can we kill Jean Grey and bring her back? How many times can not, we kill Cyclops? And but that's the thing I love about that is the fact that they call it out. It's sort of a running joke throughout the whole, like all of the issues yeah. is that they've done these stupid things like over and over and over again. It hasn't led to anything productive. Yeah. And, and so the, the, the sort of meta line on it is, uh, you know, like we have to do something different because if we keep doing it the same way that we have been, then we're all just going to keep wiping each other out over they, and over and over They again. got to the island and burned the boats. They're like, okay, here we mm-hmm. go. Like, And if we want to build a new boat, we're going to have to cut down some trees. But it, they've they've made it so like, oh, how many X-Men can we kill? That's always a problem. That's always a thing that sells books. Oh, wait, no, now they can just bring anybody back at any given point without any sort of repercussion, okay? It's almost like Hickman was like, what else can you throw at me? What are the most standard, typical plot lines? And I'm going to stop every one of them so we are not tempted to go down that rabbit hole anymore. We have an easy explanation, well, easy explanation quotations uh, to not for lack of a better word, be lazy. Like that's what I think people are responding to this book. Cause it's not only here. I've talked to, I, I've heard a lot of other people who, I, who I know are kind of casual comic fans or comic fans, but that's not what they're known for. Talk about how good these books are. And I think it's because it's making them fresh because we're getting rid of all the tired X-Men plots that we all know. Like, and we're also even tying them back into the main Marvel universe, which is something that the X-Men has kind of felt like its own thing for so long, but now it's kind of like, the first issue in this addresses the uh, the external Marvel universe in it, which is which is crazy. Like, 
Yeah, and they address like Avengers a couple of yeah, times. Yeah, the shields in there, aims in there, like they address a lot of this stuff. Um, yeah. At the same time, like you, you kind of wonder, like, well, if the mutants, uh, if it's not mutant versus mutant anymore, like, then who is it? And that's one thing I love is like, in this every throughout this whole series, there have always been three factions. Four, if you count the mutants split down the middle, but there's always been at least three factions: the mutants, the humans, and then, duh, yeah, the machines. Like the the sentinels have always been like tools of humans, when in reality, like they've had sentience a good long while for a lot of it and so to sort of set this up at the end of the book where you have like this sort of three faction or pre three faction um uh dispute that i think that's number one that's brilliant because it's a an enemy that has always been and you're just sort of bringing it to the spotlight and then secondly sort of an, an inevitability because where the book sort of leaves off in present day, like the machines haven't yet come to be like a huge problem. But throughout this whole story, we're getting, you know, like eventually the humans and the mutant, like the mutants will wipe out the humans, uh, the humans, uh, or yeah, the mutants will wipe out the humans, the machines will wipe out the mutants, and then it will just be the machines. And then it's sort of like, oh, so now we're go back in time and the present timeline deals with mutants and humans, which means you got to do something now because eventually those machines are going to show up and mess everything up for everyone. So there's sort of like this oncoming inevitability for a third party, which, you know, third three party um, um, faction disputes, I think are always super interesting because it's always lopsided, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I, well and yeah. then ahead, with Ryan. the, with the machines, they have fun sort of with the <clears throat> like ultimate end of time thing mm-hmm. of Boy. the singularity. Yeah. And like yeah. the idea of like, like well, because the singularity is is a like that is something you talk about when you're talking about machine intelligence a lot, and so it's interesting that it becomes like not just one thing, but like things uh, something that happens over and over. Like it's not just oh, all the the um, machines are now smarter than humans. It's like oh, well, what about later when all consciousness is merged into one? That's another different singularity we haven't dealt with yet. Uh, Can I just say that, like, that whole storyline at, like, the end of the world and the, and the you know, Ascension and all that stuff, that stuff freaks me out. <laughs> like, anytime, anytime, like, science fiction goes that far into the future, like, especially those Doctor Who episodes where, like, it's, like, the end of the world, like, the end of the world and they all go to the, the world-ending party on the spaceship or whatever, like, thinking that far ahead where things are so alien and different, like, humans have been dead for, like, millions of years... It really makes me uncomfortable. Alan, I got freaked out watching the new Cosmos when Neil deGrasse Tyson was like, and in 75 years, Haley's Comet's coming back. I'm like, I'm going to be dead. <laughs> and this was like okay, 10 well, years ago. I'm like, I'm going to be like, I'll probably, more than likely, I'll probably, the way I eat Taco Bell, I'll be dead. <laughs> Stop eating Taco Bell. You see Haley's Comet. No, That's the lesson. No, I mean, Haley's Comet or the Cheesy Gordita Crunch. You You decide. <laughs> I mean, I know which way okay, I'm going. No I didn't see Haley's comment giving away new Xbox systems, Alan. <laughs> but Taco Bell sure is. If I buy one of those boxes every day, <laughs> I could. I know. Actually, oh, I don't even need to. No purchase required. Yeah, that's how contest. I mean, work. I'm going to, but it's nice to know I don't have to. <laughs> I want to talk about the big continuity change that they made around Moira. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So this is where that Jay and Miles like stuff really kicks in Boy, because. Yeah. Dude, Moira being a character is sort of like a side character scientist who basically watches the keep that they sort of, that Excalibur comes back to sometimes. Like, 
all of that weird side stuff. And then they pull out this character to be the essential through line for a large IP reboot across two books. She's like the linchpin of this whole thing. And it's... Yeah, exactly. They're like... But I mean, she shows up in the '90s cartoon. She, well, she was there for, even from the beginning, even from the she's very beginning of X Men. Since the since the beginning, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not like, saying it's that she's a character not. that that's been around for a long time. Yeah, it's a weird, obscure character, yeah. but it's not. She's not totally out of the blue. It's not like oh, it's Zorn or something. No, no, no. But but it's weird that all. It's not weird, but it's 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 interesting. All of a sudden, they're like, "Hey, guess what? She's a mutant too, and her ability's real weird." <laughs> like that. It is real. That weird. is when the book grabbed me because at first I was like, the first issue of House of X, I was like, "Okay, this is interesting. They're all banding together." It almost feels like at the end of that, you're like, oh, "Are they like all going evil? Are they just going rogue again? Are they finally just saying like we don't need to we don't need to live with you? Like you like you don't deserve us. We're better than you." I'm like, "Oh, I've had a lot of ex girlfriends have said that." To <laughs> I don't me. know how I feel about that. <laughs> Wait, am I? Uh, is my ex? Are all my ex girlfriends? Are they all? Are they like Magneto? Oh boy. Um, no. Uh, no. So it's weird to do that. And then the next issue they jump into, Moira McTaggart has lived all these different lives and she has seen all the, all the X-Men things that we've seen and make mistakes. All that happened. She has, has, has gone all these different ways. And now, uh, and now like, okay, she has learned everything. She knows everything. Like I like, that's the other thing I really like too, is that how they just like skip to that really quick. Like she like meets Charles Xavier at this park and she's like, read my mind. And he does. And he's like, oh, now I suddenly know everything. It's like the Matrix. Like he knows Kung Fu. Yeah. Um, yeah. He can he can see everything, which is why uh, the concept of destiny, um, the mutant that can see the future and then like just sees holes in the future because of where Moira has been. I thought that was pretty brilliant, pretty brilliant. Sort of like a um, especially with the way the the last two issues sort of bring that concept back of like. Well, um, you know, we have the ability to bring back, like, basically any X-Men that we want, um, or any mutant for that matter. Um, you know, Raven wants Destiny back, and they're like, no, that can't happen. So it's, like, it's really nice, like, Chekhov's gun for uh, for later intrigue and, and, like, sort of messed upness. Well, and it's like they... Very sinister, very... Yeah. Oh, ooh, ooh, yeah. Intrigue. I... Yeah, the, the, God, where do we even go with this book? Um, yeah, I just I, I was sold on the idea of all these different timelines and multiple stuff happening, and then I was like, okay, we're finally gonna do it. We're finally not gonna screw up. And they have, I think the book does a really good job. Spoiler alert, by the way, everybody. Um, oh, we do spoilers. Don't so, worry about it. spoiler alert. At the very end of, and correct me if I'm wrong, Ryan, because you're better at comics than I am. Um, at the end of the last Powers of X issue it turns out that the singularity thing is not the main timeline that we've been looking at the whole time. Am I correct on that? It's like the seventh iteration or eighth. Yeah, or ninth it's, it's the sixth one. It's the sixth so, one. Okay. So out of Moira's total of 10. So it, it, cause, cause it makes the way the book reads, it makes it, which seem is another. Like, oh, go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say, cause it's, it's not powers of X. It's powers of 10 of 10. Yeah. Um, and in the way that they make it, they make it seem um, the entire run is like, oh, this is the inevitability of what we're currently looking at is the current reality. And then it's like, no, it turns out it's not. And things are going to be great. Or maybe <laughs> like it really leaves it open <laughs> of like, all right, we've we've we, whew, we've done this. We've taken that. We've, we've studied so hard for this test and now we're ready. We've covered all of our bases. It's going to work this time. You guys, it's going to work. 
and we'll see what happens. And then it's sort of like, eh, it probably won't. <laughs> I mean, it's X-Men. We have to have drama. It's probably not gonna, but, yeah, but hey. I mean, well, I love at the end where she comes back and, and she sees Xavier again, and it's like bookended in the series for the first Powers of X issue. And he's like, I've just had the most wonderful idea. She's all, yeah, it's not gonna work. <laughs> like, like, you what? have to. She's like, nah, nah. We gotta do it different this time. And he's like, this time? <laughs> I love that. I was like, oh man, that's that you got me. Can we, man? Oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say, can, no, you... can we talk about the character design of, of of Xavier in this with that spooky helmet on, and he's just awkward, weirdly smiling on it all the time. I hate that helmet. I, I think it, it looks so cool, but it's also no, it, it also makes him really eerie looking the entire time because you can't see his eyes and you don't know what he's emoting. Yeah, but you see him in there. there. You see him in like the past and stuff like that, so it's not like you never see his no, face. No, sure, but, but once he puts that it mask is a little on, weird it's that like he just... he's just constantly in Cerebro. Um, yeah. Oh. Which is Go ahead. weird in and of itself. I also love, speaking of story-wise, um, the world building of like the... I never could pronounce it right in my head, so I'm not going to try to say it out loud. What? Krakoa. Yeah, Krakoa. Okay. Um, I love the world building of this island that we never fully get to really explore or see. Like, they explain all these different areas. Um, I'm taking a writing course right now taught by Neil Gaiman, which is pretty interesting. Oh, wow. Um, but he talks about like, yeah, you need to know your entire world if you're world building, even stuff that like new readers may never know. Like, and I'm like, oh, he's pauses and I'm like, like where they go to the bathroom and he goes like where they go to the bathroom. I'm like, exactly. So I liked seeing that they had like really thought of X-Men continuity and made all these cool little areas that are themed to different places. Like that you go, Oh, like it's almost like Mickey's Toontown at Disneyland. It's like, Oh, that's Magneto's house. And that's where Charles Xavier lives. And look, there's where Emma Frost goes to school. Like it's, it's, it's cool. <laughs> it's cool that they had actually taken the time to build that out. I thought that was really well done and really unique, even though, we didn't really get to explore all of those options but who knows in the future where, where these series are going so maybe we will i i like that concept also but i had a problem sort of um imagining it when they're talking about like you know in a couple of years we'll have two million people i'm like on an island how big is this island <laughs> well, it's a mutant. they never say can it isn't it's am i correct in that it's a it's a living mutant right it's a, it's like it is it's like the living planet in green lantern right okay so it can get bigger is that what you're I saying i guess so i mean it's on the moon well, isn't I mean, it they got the whole I'm, moon. Yeah, there's. Yeah, they got all of the moon. There's, I don't know. Wait, yeah, Krakoa is not on the moon. Exists. Yes, yes it, it is. is. No, yes, not. it is. Wait, Remember I, when they launched the Blackbird no, I mean, like, to go stop that master mole? Yeah, in space? I thought it's on the no, moon. No, they just. Yeah, but I thought that's because they have a they have a base on the blue side of the moon or whatever, which is where the dark Phoenix yes, took place. Yes, they do. By the way. Um, and then there was a gate from Krakoa to there because they have the flower gates. They take a flower yeah, gate. But, to but the, the flower moon. gates only work sort of like with other bits of Krakoa. Oh guys, uh, listeners, this yeah. Is so I mean, like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's off the coast of Australia somewhere. That's what the, my map said. But there's also a, there's also an Atlantic Krakoa. Yeah, right. It's it, it can so be it it's can, an it island can grow and the moon. Is the point? It can grow. Is the point? Okay. Yeah, you can have it in, have him in multiple locations. Okay, okay, okay. I get it. I get it. Makes no, he's sense. not as good as your living planet, Green Lantern, Alan. Oh, no. <laughs> Alan, this podcast oh. needs a little, to make fun of you a little bit for Green Lantern. By the way, they closed that roller yeah, coaster. Yeah, we didn't Imagine invite you on here to be mean. <laughs> it's too late. We already had Adam on here, so <laughs> that's <laughs> got it all that's out. That's fair. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know what else to say about the story without like it, it's it's advanced comics, folks. Like, that's the best way I could describe it. Like, I feel like it's advanced comics, but it's also. 
advanced storytelling. Yeah. Like, I, I think the comics part isn't even... Like, we I think, like, in advanced comics, it has a lot to do with also um, panel layout and presentation yeah. of the comic. Whereas I think this one presents itself fairly straightforward. I just think the story is bonkers. And, like, this is advanced storytelling. I would actually... I, would, I was just about to re- reiterate my statement and say, yes, that is exactly what it is. It's advanced storytelling. But, like, what I like about this is it, like, for people who are new to comics it is and who, like, want to do the X-Men, I was, I'd be like, okay... I would suggest reading maybe a couple other things or like looking into stuff. Like how, how, how do you feel about like storytelling and world building? How like, how like into that are you? And people are like, Oh, I'm really into that. I'm like, great. Read these books because it's a great starting point. Now I have finally a great starting point that I can point to that isn't like, you know, Grant Morrison's X-Men, which is its own thing. Or you can start with Joss Whedon. Like this is like a good status quo starter where it's not like, Oh, but you hear some other little things you need to know. Like, doesn't really matter that Jean Grey is younger than everybody because that's from uh, the old series. Doesn't really matter. Jean Grey's there. That's all you need to know. You're good. Keep going. Yeah, she could have got a better outfit. Well, they put her in the old Marvel Girl outfit. Well, the, I hate that outfit. Well, <laughs> the six the sixties hate you too, Alan. Well, yeah, nobody <laughs> asked would, you, yeah. Alan. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know. What do you guys? I mean, you guys are leading the show. I'm I'm just I'm just sitting back. So what do you guys do? <laughs> no, no, I mean, that's. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think that's a good point. I think that uh you know, we talk about um writing, we just try to talk about like the general flow of the story and the uh, the main point takeaways. Oh, by the way, can I say that um I wanted some background music for this? So I pulled up a Hans Zimmer like uh soundtrack for like it's like a two hour loop of different Hans Zimmer songs, and some of them lined up perfectly. Like a lot of those Hans Zimmer like big moments and like uh uh and like tense moments like some of those things lined up with reading this comic like dark side of the moon lineup you know what i mean i'm just like ooh, okay well this is way better <laughs> so i highly recommend it if you haven't done all that. right um i wish so yeah, to register talk- my disgust with your statement <laughs> what why hans zimmer sucks <laughs> all right Calm down, 8-Bit Boy. Let's talk Welcome about... Welcome to Scorecast, uh... the film score podcast where we talk about <laughs> oh, film geez. scores. I'm sure that exists. Uh, today we'll be discussing Danny Elfman and his many booms and boings. <laughs> his oingos <laughs> and dead... his boingos. Is Dead Man's Party really that good? Uh, we'll see. Somebody oh. I talked to recently, and I think I have a tangent, but I was like, they're like, wait a minute. That's Danny Elfman? Like from... Oh, wow. I'm like, yeah. Like, can you not listen to a little Oingo Boingo and tell? Like... <laughs> Yeah. I thought he was just a composer. Have you not seen Nightmare Before Christmas? Yeah, I'm like, have you not heard his singing voice? That's him. Anyway. He, just, he, sounds like a, he sounds like a mix between like a crooner and the guy from the b 50 Sure. It just like bounces back and forth. <laughs> Old Fred Schneider. My favorite thing to do recently is to sing In the End uh, by uh, Linkin Park as Fred Schneider. That always gets a really good laugh. Oh, that's not I'm good. going to a karaoke I saw you, doing that. <laughs> I saw your story with Evan the other, guy, the other night when you guys sang uh, Tale as Old as Time. Yeah, we sang Beauty and the Beast, but we sang the whole song by just saying Tale as Old as Time, and it worked gangbusters. <laughs> so, <laughs> It's the same tune, just the same, same words, over and it's over the again. same cadence every single line, so it works. And we did the whole song. We only re-recorded the beginning part. <laughs> I can't believe you recorded it at no, all. That was his all right. Anyway. You weirdos. <laughs> Let's, Ryan, um, drink your let's tea. talk a little bit about some of the other. Let's talk a little about some of the other characters. Sure. Uh, we talked a little bit about Xavier in his helmet the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. About sort of the weirdness with what's going on with Moira. Yeah. Um, who else? Sort of. I don't know. It feels like there's some other slight I, I, changes in character. Like it feels like Cyclops doesn't suck. Yeah, Cyclops actually feels Cyclops. like the leader of the X Men. <laughs> 
he does, once. but he also doesn't really have that big of a role besides like that middle area, uh, middle part where they um, storm the space station. And, yeah, um, that's true. The thing that surprised me is how much Forge was in this yeah, book. Yeah, yes. Like they leaned on Forge being in this book a lot, um, which I thought was like a very awesome choice, but also a little strange. Weirdly enough, a lot of Forge, no cable. Yeah. Cable is not in the time traveling X Men book. book at all. <laughs> Hope is, but Cable's not. I, I, you know what I thought was great. This is the book that finally defeats Apocalypse, and I don't mean physically destroying <laughs> him. I mean just just crushing his spirit and begging him, just like, I'll do whatever you guys say. I just whatever. I'm just so bummed out. <laughs> He just is so. I don't think he's bummed out. I think he just realizes, like, at some he, point, it's sort of like the immovable object meets the unstoppable yeah, he force. He just accepts like, defeat. It, he's like, you know what? Whatever. He's got nothing to do. That's, we're good. It's like, I'll just sit it's here. It's like quietly. you're doing. <laughs> yeah, it's like you guys are all doing the thing I wanted you to do. I, I guess this is fun. Well, and that's what I loved I about these. Imagine, books. imagine. Oh, Moira goes up to him and she's like, "Hey, join us." And he's like, "No, nah, I'm gonna do this." She's like, "No, nah, it won't work because of this." And he's like, "Oh." Well, I'm going to do this. No, that won't work because of this. <laughs> She's oh. so bummed out. She's like, you should just join us. It'll be easier. Just do it now. <laughs> well, that's what I like about, like, like, I like when they show him, like, showing up at the end. It's like the end of an issue. And you're like, oh, man, what's going to happen? The next one, he's just like, nah, I'm cool with all you guys. It's good. That's <laughs> no, fine. It's fine. We're all hey, good. Congrats on, uh, on, on going for gold. I really... Uh... <laughs> I'm really rooting for you guys this yeah. one this time. Let's, let's just see how this goes, um, fellas. Hey, I got some horsemen. If you guys want to borrow them, I can <laughs> yeah, like, they can, they can uh, hang out. They're good. Whatever. Um, hey, what did you guys think I about Sassy Sinister? Oh, Sassy Sinister. I like Sassy yeah, Sinister. Yeah, man, they nailed that tone, right? <laughs> I like Sassy Mr. Sinister. I was into that. This is like the Mr. Sinister if he hosted uh, the mutant version of RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> I just expected him to start inserting claps between his words at some point. What do you mean? <laughs> Um, you know, I'm the one that's mutant, and I like capes. <laughs> yeah, and also a little Deadpool in there too. <gasps> Where's Deadpool in all of this? I don't know. <laughs> oh Meg, could you imagine like when this series goes forward and they like start tying Deadpool into it? Well, and he's gonna show up on the island, and they're all just like Apoc- Apocalypse is gonna look at him, look at him, and just be like, "Get off the island, <laughs> get out! Like you are expelled from this." I mean. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I don't. I don't even. I don't even. I feel like. like I feel like Hickman gonna, was like, no, I don't want that goofy guy in my book. <laughs> no, it's gonna be so X Men serious. Like, There's no laughter in the X Men. <laughs> I mean, that's one of Deadpool's like through lines, right? Is that uh, it, if he could join the X Men, if they would just invite him, and it's gonna get to the point where literally all of mutantdom is finally united under a single flag and country, and they all say no. Were there any other <laughs> major X Men that we're nothing. missing that I, that, I, that I didn't see? Like. I, was, was Colossus there? I didn't see Colossus at all. Did you? I didn't. No. Is he, is he like dead? Is he still dead? <laughs> I can't remember. I mean, we could bring him back anytime if we have a complete record of all the mutants. I like. By the way, I like That's that Mr. Sinister's like, yeah, I've just been collecting mutant DNA. It's fun. It's a good to hobby. <laughs> He's been collecting DNA of everything. Yeah, but that was mutants is like just my... being bored. That's what he does. It's yeah. I mean, it's like collecting comics. Like yeah, I just I just really like collecting you know hot stuff. <laughs> I just love that little devil in his little diaper. I love him so much. Well, I, I and along comes a bald man in a wheelchair who really wants my hot stuff, and I go, you know what? Got some chilly willies. I'll trade you. That's right. I'm picking weird, <laughs> car- Harvey cartoon characters. Somebody comes up to him and just says, "Look, I'm gonna need you to start collecting <laughs> all of Little Abner." Yeah. 
<laughs> and it's like, I mean, I have some little Abner. I don't know why I should focus on little Abner. Oh, Trust me. Abner. If you focus on little Abner. Guys, don't read little Abner uh, on here, please. There'll be so much. Ex- everything will be fine. So explaining to do. Um, I don't know why little Abner popped into my head, but it well, makes sense. I, I know why. Um, so, uh, <laughs> so uh, who else? I'm trying to think of other characters that I felt were. I mean, Emma Frost plays a really big deal in this. Yeah, also. Wolverine. I mean, um, it's usually like the big players, like the the regular X Men who we hang out with on day to day, are all mostly sidelined. Like, I don't I don't think there's very much that Wolverine does in here, is there? I mean, the the part where you get the no. most X Men stuff is when they go to that space station and they all just get murdered. <laughs> they literally <laughs> get murdered. Every hard. single X Men you love dies. Like, and, and, I mean, I mean, that's, I will say that it's a pretty good Wolverine moment there. He was like, you know what? I know I'm going to die. Kurt, just, uh, just teleport me out there to this thing. And I'm just going to destroy it with my claws as fast as I can. I, I mean, here's the thing is I was trying to figure out like, oh, are they both going to, is he going to bamf in and then bamf out? It's like, no, Kurt is immediately <laughs> uh, torn <laughs> apart by solar winds, yep. like just completely decimated, DBZ style, yeah, he's, he's like gone. just blown away. And they're just like, and I like how they're just all cool. They're just like, oh, we'll come back. We're good. Don't worry. I guess, yeah. I I do appreciate the fact that they're not doing like, going back to Ryan's point where um, Hickman's basically just like, give it, give it to me. I'm going to explain it. I'm going to put it all up in the daylight. And one of the things they put up in the daylight is, well, we're bringing people back because we're essentially cloning them. But guess what? Everybody knows this. Yeah, it's not like a secret thing. It's like no, you're, you're we're just like there is no philosophical discussion about whether or not it's the real one. It's, it is. It's them. It, well, that's why they had you. that big so, ceremony where Storm's like, "Tell me something yeah, only that's you all would point know." Of the ceremony is like, "This is the one." Yeah, this is yeah, them. I recognize. I this recognize person. this person. Well, uh, I don't understand why they all had to be naked, but I mean, <laughs> sell books. Cheesecake, man. Cheesecake, my man. <laughs> I mean, like you saw the you read the last issue of. Of uh, House of X, I read yeah. all of it. Mm-hmm. It uh, it it gets kind of horny out there. Yeah, man. they're all like, <laughs> it's not wrong. It, it does. It's, it's like br- br- go out, be married, breed, and make more. And they're all just like, yeah. That was Kurt. That was Nightcrawler going. What do we do next? Nightcrawler's like, well, I guess we could just start making babies. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, wait. <laughs> Maybe laws. We have three laws. Maybe we should come up with does more. This lead to this, does this lead to the series that Chewie and I always posturize? The sex men? Is it coming? <laughs> you Kevin said Smith horny. going to like sign up. up for that. No, it, it was. Uh, I'm just like, uh, yeah, reading the last issue, I'm like, well, I don't know what X-Men number one is going to be about, but I have a feeling here. Is there going to be an M on that book? Um no, it's gonna be Scott Summers waking up and gonna, like in his bed naked, of course, on silken sheets, and then Jean Grey is gonna bring him. Emma Frost Jean on the Grey's other, gonna and bring somehow like and Wolverine curled up at the foot of the bed like a small dog. Jean Grey's right, gonna bring him right, coffee. Let's move on, and then he's gonna I regret my choice of words. <laughs> I didn't even get to finish my thought, but you know what? it's fine. It's not no, a good thought. You, <laughs> you can write that on your own time, Alan. <laughs> No, Put that, I guess that's I what an archive of our own is for. That's, <laughs> that's what AO3 not wrong. is, man. Um, yeah, I don't. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's any other. Like, yeah, the only yeah, it's the only point with all the major plays. Oh, I like how they. I was gonna say, I like how they also describe. I know it's like super comic nerd detail, but they're like, oh yeah, we don't have a machine that does this for us. We just use like five different mutants and their powers in conjunction, and we kind of just realize that all these guys work together. Hey, this one guy makes glowing gold eggs. We didn't know what they were for, I, but now we no, do. No, it wasn't even eggs. 
it was just spheres. It's like for the longest time we didn't even know what this guy did. Like <laughs> he, he was makes, just making golden balls. He just makes golden balls. We're like neat. We'll find a use for you, fella. <laughs> just like sometimes, take a picture. Sometimes at my job, I feel like I just make golden balls, and no one's fine. And eventually, they'll find a oh, use man. for me. But I feel like I, I relate to that dude. Just like I have a useless <laughs> ability. Apparently, they're just like we'll figure it out for you, and they never do. And then now, finally, like, hey, remember those golden balls? Well. Put pe- turns out if we just inject it with life energy and were- like chant around it, it turns into <laughs> turns a person. Out you were making mutant eggs all along that were just we just need to figure out how to get that DNA in there. But now we're good, my baby. All we're right. all set. <laughs> You're gonna have a great life here, Gold Ball Man. I don't even remember what his name was. What was, that? was his X Men? Was his oh, new I don't remember. Code name? Can we? I wanted to start keeping track of how many times they use the word Promethean in the oh, series. Boy. I swear they used it like eight hundred times. <laughs> I mean, you could say it's a very Promethean series. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm, okay. Hey, let's talk about the art. Yes. Uh, it looked <laughs> <We> had two. <laughs> it looks like X-Men. Oh, well, we had two different artists. Yeah. And, like, the pencil and ink styles are different across both books. But, as Ryan mentioned, the colorist is the same. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. means um, different, like... Like, the, the characters are all odd model because it's Marvel and it has to be. Yeah. But the expressions, like their facial expressions and the way they emote, is two completely different things. Um, the artist on, I think it's House of X, um, really, really likes silhouettes and that sort of like Magnola style um, ink uh, ink blot kind of situation. Um, whereas the second artist really favors just clear and um, um, expressive lines. Like he's really into his line work. Yeah. Being on point. I will say the coloring um, being the same though kind of makes it feel almost like it's it's it has it has a flow to it where you can tell they're different but it, it still flows color wise like it looks the same. Also, I mean, you read these books back to back to back to back, you're gonna kind of start being like, which one am I reading now? It doesn't really matter. It should just be collected all in one giant trade by the end of by at some point here soon in the next probably like six months. If they if they give you if they give me a powers of X and a house of X trade that are separate, I'd be like, get out of here, Marvel. <laughs> I think you're trying to make more With money. Just charge double and make one that's like this thick. That's what I would do too. Yeah, and it, the the colorist being the same does keep the keep the the feeling being the same. That being said, there was a lot of lens flare. <laughs> I don't know if you guys noticed how much lens flare oh, are yeah. in these books. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Like, oh, I also really love. I really love the colors in the, like Far Future Robot World. Uh-huh. Yeah, purple, so blue, much pink, and purple and orange. It just looked super cool. <laughs> it looked like a 2019 digital artist Tumblr. It was just like all pink and blue side by side with like hey, a lot of don't... a lot of screen highlights. Take that sneer out of your voice when you say that. I'm 30. I can do what I want. All these artists are younger than me. Because <laughs> generally, these whatever. Children. <laughs> <laughs> just children. So just making it. things that are way better than anything I could produce. Sure. Sure. Okay. I, I, I'm jealous. I have no all right. Fine. I said Alan's it. Art. I don't have not allowed no, to say anything about it because <laughs> I made a joke once a long time ago and now it haunts me forever. It is Look, it man, is my It's fine if you hate me. It is the beta no, see I can't even say this. I can't even say that I'm not gonna comment. Because now it's just it's not... now it's just no matter what I say, it's it's a negative. So yeah. Alan draws um, things, I... that I can say. Alan does <laughs> yes, draw stuff. True. I've seen the stuff that he's drawn. It exists. No, and... I have a lot to say about the um, Instagram algorithm this month. Um, <laughs> and, uh, what were we talking about? Right. So art. Um, yeah. Right. And I agree that the color palette and like each each of the different 
times feels different. Like the um, X to the zero power <laughs> um, has like more of a pastel sort of um, calming feeling to it. Whereas the present X-Men um, timeline is like very bright, like sort of primary colors. Like it feels more actiony, like more actionable as it were. And then the future ones feel yeah, a little bit more like bleak. Comics y. Yeah. And and the future ones feel a little bit more bleak. Like there's a little bit um uh like the the war or like the overlordship of between uh, um under the Nimrod, right? Um like everything is a lot of black and a lot of dark purple and a lot of dark blue. The future. And uh <laughs> Yeah, but it's post, a dark future. It's a pretty post apocalyptic future where there's a it's Blade Runner, but like a little cleaner streets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wait, what? That'd have to be very clean. Blade Runner is a dirty That's what movie. I'm saying. It's like Blade Runner, but with cleaner... It's like if Blade Runner took place in, like, Denver, Colorado, where they there's no trash, and the homeless people are helpful, and they help you get directions. I feel like this is personal experience. Yes, it is personal experience. I saw a man fall down once in Denver. An old man fell in the street, and I froze, and I watched four people run to his aid and pick him up and go, Sir, are you okay? I'm like, if this was Los Angeles, they would step over you. And if he was New York, they'd probably step on you. Like, uh, I was like, geez. what a clean, nice town. Now, I, I mean, this future is fine as long as you're like, okay, with becoming a machine baby. Like, then you're fine. True. <laughs> as long as you're yeah. part of the church of machine babies, you're you're totally safe. <laughs> yeah, the, the machine baby was a little weird. Yeah. That's absolutely it true. It certainly was. It certainly was. <laughs> It certainly was. I feel like that third timeline did not get a ton of what's what I'm looking for. Like, because the third timeline ended with the sort of um, death of everyone and then Moira getting, you know, killed so that she can go back in time with whatever data they retrieved. Yeah. The third timeline felt more like a like a um, a C story, like a, okay. like a, uh, like a third yeah. story tacked on to connect the main two stories. And the fourth story dev was more just a stinger. Like that's something you sort of that that they did in this uh, where they they strung it along a little bit over time because the only reason the fourth story is relevant is for that last panel, like that when they reveal that this is like the sixth version and not like the tenth, right? This isn't like the newest one. This is one they've gone through already, kind yeah. of thing. Um, so uh, 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 really, it's just the first two. It's the past and the present, and then you just bounce back and forth. And then you get context and um, glue from the other two stories, which I think is interesting. Um, but yeah, uh, so we were talking about art, and I got sidetracked. Um, sidetracked? Well, Side- we were talking yeah, about right. like we were talking about how like the future was very purple, a lot of like dark blacks right. and purples, kind of bleak, but like clean but spooky. <laughs> spooky clean, yeah, spooky clean. <laughs> so um, this is something we've done. This isn't something we've done on the show before, but since this is sort of a relaunch <clears throat> of a new ongoing, what are your predictions? Oh boy, that's a good question. Actually, I was thinking about this, and I'm like, where do they where do they go from here? And I think, I think that it's gonna split back into multiple books. I think Wolverine's gonna go back to getting his own book. Uh, I think Wolverine's um, part of the X Men, like part of right? the X Men regular x-men comic team like he's part oh, of like the okay, regular okay. X-Men. yeah like what it what it launches at the end is x-men marauders excalibur x-force new mutants and fallen oh Angels. really yeah like they're putting all the teams oh. out there i just don't know how they're gonna uh, i mean i think this is a good like world setting thing i don't think we'll probably see as much magneto or xavier i have a feeling they'll probably focus more on the teams it might might go it might still be weird but i feel like it'll be less weird maybe go back to a little more status quo um, not status quo, but Maybe. like, hey, we're gonna deal with the team and inner inner drama, 
Um, but I think that they're gonna. I really don't know, to be honest. I don't have a good prediction. I'm. I'm. I think, interested. I think that each of the books is gonna be hopefully what I would what I would want. Let's put it that way. Is that um, each of the books would have its own tone. Yeah. Like in the same way that the Marvel movies are different genres of movies that have Marvel characters, that they would do that with these books. Like the X-Men book will be the X-Men book, right? And then Excalibur will be sort of a sci-fi book um, or a fantasy-based book. Um, and uh, and the Marauders will be sort of a, a, a noir or a pulp book. You know, like you can still like because think, of the way I that everything is kind of like pirates. All right. Is uh, Nightcrawler no, part in this of continuity? Because I know Nightcrawler in, has in that like continuity swashbuckling is... sword. Yeah. No, in the X Men, in the X Men, Marauders are like the the wet team, the wet work team. Like they're the bad guys for the longest oh, time. That's right. That's right. Like, are there bad guys now that all the mutants are on the same side? So that's what I'm saying. Like I'm wondering if that book is specifically going to be like, hey, we're the like the new X Force. Oh, okay. Could be that. Okay. Um, since there's no X Force book. Oh, is there an X Force book? Did you say there's an X Force book, Ryan? No. No, you said there's Fallen oh, Angels. Okay. So yeah, maybe that's what they're Which, doing. Um. Oh, we didn't talk about um Sinister Secrets, the ten secrets that Sinister wrote oh, out yeah. after his issue. Uh. Like there's oh, there's yeah. a lot. What of, issue is that in? Um, I think it was Powers Four or Five. If only we could pull it up. If only through podcast magic we could cut this part out. And pull it up and be like, we had it ready all along. Yeah, but we don't do that in this podcast. <laughs> yeah, good enough. We'll just peek behind the curtain, folks. Um, um, it does a lot of prof- uh, prophetizing. Is that the right word? Uh, yes. It does a lot of proselytizing. Is that the right word I'm looking for, though? Pros- proselytizing? Finish saying what you were going to say. Prophetizing? Anyway, it does, it does, it prophesizes. It, predict, was, it predicts things. It prophesizes. Yeah. It's prophetic. It's but in, yeah, but in like a very like sort of weird way where it's like, oh, this person and this person, but it's not who you think it is, and <laughs> like leaves it up because you know that's Sinister's voice in my head now. It's got to be <laughs> very game. Yeah, show that's why they didn't put Deadpool in here, man, because Sin- Mr. Sinister's wacky enough. <laughs> oh, for sure. No, I get it's like the funniest issue of the book. <laughs> I will also say that a lot of this stuff talking about how. Um, mutant culture like sort of getting crushed by humans and it should have been the dominant race is literally the exact opposite premise of my hero academia (laughs) yes literally the exact opposite yep you're absolutely (laughs) correct yes that is very true it just i was just thinking about that i'm like that's really stupid yeah that's very true Then my hero, it's like, oh, everybody gets powers. And then they take over the world, and now everybody has powers. Oh, it's in Powers of X number four, I guess. Does anybody have it pulled up? Okay. I, don't, I don't have yeah. it pulled up. I can it's in Powers it. of X number four. Um, Polygon does a really good breakdown of what all they mean. Okay. Oh. My voice is, Only I my voice is almost yeah, totally losing gone, it. you guys. Okay. Okay. Well, maybe we should maybe we should wrap it up. We're hitting the, we're hitting the <laughs> If you're interested, anyway. go check out the Polygon article, I guess. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay, so let's let's wrap this up. Um, we there's this is a big long series of books that are new and fresh. And um, uh, hey, Ryan, can you manage a um, uh, a verdict on this? I mean, I forced both of you to read it, so I think <laughs> you should read this. Ryan Ryan didn't force <laughs> me to read it, but he did recommend it. Um, so so yeah, I I would say that. Oh, is that how we're doing it? Read this or don't read this. How many don't read this have you guys done in your podcast? 
Ian, it's always gonna be a you should read this. Just say the tagline. No, I I think I think you sh- I think you should read this. But boy, get ready to read. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> I want one. So podcast it sounds like you, you should read do, this. Don't read okay. This. <laughs> Insert stamp noise that I still really want to get at some point that goes ka-ching or something like that. Uh, okay. Thanks for, uh, thanks for listening. I'm going to try to wrap this up the same way that Ryan <laughs> okay. does. Um, uh, thanks for listening to the show. Um, Ian, yes. uh, let's start with you. Um, do you want to plug anything or re- have people berate you on the I internet? I don't have too much going on, but if you want to follow me on the social media, it's at I rich. That's I R I T C H on pretty much every, I'll do it the old way. That's at I R I T C H on, uh, on all most social media. Um, yeah, I don't really have much else, but if you guys ever want to read that chip Sadarsky Spider-Man book, I'm down. <laughs> yeah. I mean, put on, the or list. if you want to make I mean, Alan read a Batman book, you know, I'll always show up for that. I've actually realized right. I've never well, like, realized I've never read Hush. I watched the DC animated movie; it was not good. They left out some important right. parts, but I've never actually read Hush. So I'm gonna have to read that at some point just no, to say I did. You don't. It wasn't bad. <laughs> you Do you don't like have cheesecake? to read Hush. You like? <laughs> it's bad. Is it bad? Okay. Can can I Ryan, can you, I come on you, so we can do the first don't read this from you, Ryan? I want to be the first. <laughs> I want to be the first to have you both say don't read. Who's this. so obsessed with Bruce Wayne that he gets his face surgically altered so that he looks indistinguishable from him? Yeah. And then tries to kill him. <laughs> Ryan, do you? <laughs> Ryan, do you want me to do your uh, socials? Can you please? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can find Ryan Roop. R Y A N R U P P E. On uh, Twitter, on Instagram, he has prestige format on Tumblr. If you want to uh, listen to or listen to any of the music that he posts um, or musical playlists that he puts up on a pretty much monthly basis, and I'm very impressed all the time. Uh, you can find me at marginally talented. That's M R G N L Y talented on Twitter, or you could just spell it out now on Instagram, which is kind of nice. You could just spell out marginally talented. Um, that's where I draw things. I'm currently um, finishing up Inktober. I am uh, 23 for 23, and I'm very proud of myself. Yeah, well, can, can um, I ask a question? What is this pantheon you're making? Is this for a Dungeons & Dragons game, or is this something else just for funsies? Uh, the short version is, like, I needed something to, to like, inspire me for last year when I just wanted to do different swords because I thought it would be fun, and I end up creating this weird, like, kind of universe. Okay. So I just am revisiting it and fleshing it out more. Okay, so not for our Dungeons & Dragons game. Good to know. <laughs> It, it would be a completely separate campaign, <laughs> okay, but I enough. mean, it could be. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, okay, you can find uh, this, the uh, the show at uh, YSRT Comics uh, on Instagram at You Should Read This Comics and Facebook, You Should Read This Comics. It's sitting right in front of me, Ryan. I'm reading it off the thing. Okay, there we go. He's giving me the thumbs up because he is completely dead. All right, so thanks for listening. Uh, we'll see you next time. And uh, as always, we still don't know what we're going to read, so... I guess we'll uh, guess we'll see you later. We still don't really have an ending for the show either. Kind of just kind of just drift. Okay, bye everybody. It's over.